2010 thought I was doing something And now I'm rapping with a crew or something I guess the track don't really stick unless he's gluing something And I never fit the shoe until I do or something Yo, bracing myself like teeth, boy It's the same old route on some new concrete But homie, these tunes make you get a new ID I'm trying to do my thing, but the commute ain't cheap I'm on a two-day week for all this rap these days And we can still pitch the track to all the wack DJs We're singing happy days, wearing tacky J's And I'm just pumped that I made it out my nappy phase Let's go We can turn a whole Hey y'all, the OGs and new listeners alike. I am Randy and this is my indie episode. And before I get into my spill, a quick shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. We have weekly meetings every Wednesday among other things. And they're just like, they're the highlight of our weeks. Um, And I know y'all feel the same and I'm just grateful for how y'all have made space for us and rock with us for years, a lot of y'all in some cases. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you as well to everyone else who is consistently listening to our show and who are tuned in right now that's a bomb way to show support as well and we see you okay so for those who don't know or who need a reminder indie episodes are individual episodes mikey and i record it's a way for us to honor who we are as individuals and not just who we are as spouses and today i am going to discuss a creative block and how i'm working through it this is part one part two will feature resources and other things that have really helped me and i hope you enjoy so what had happened was my mom heard my indie (laughs) and it's like duh right of course um there was always a chance she would and for those who need a reminder i published an indie back in 2022 titled mothering myself back in April of that year and in that episode I detailed a horrible argument that happened three days before Noble our son was born. Noble was born in July 2021 but I hadn't told anyone about the days leading up to his birth except my sister and some close friends. I hadn't even told my therapist. In fact after asking my mom um to apologize to Mikey even if it was a fake apology um once I got back from the hospital and being told no because of all the ways she has supported us and sacrificed for us and financially like um, helped us. I was intent on acting like July never happened. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it never happened. I tried really, 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 really hard to treat the experience with my mom the way we have treated all the other ones. And if anyone has a mother like mine, which I know many people do, you know that I essentially tried to act like nothing happened. I resolved to treat July 2021 as if it was a regular, degular mama-daughter moment. Um, I did this for a few reasons, but they all equaled up and all equal up to one reason. And that one reason is I was a coward. <laughs> and per the dictionary, a coward is a noun that is a person who lacks courage to do or endure dangerous or unpleasant things. A coward is also an adjective and is defined as being excessively afraid of danger or pain. And that was me, y'all. I was literally at my wit's end of pain back in 2021. I could not take any more. And if I could take it, I didn't want to take it because not only had my mom done this horrible thing, um, but Noble had died. And if anyone was following us around that time, you know how hard that pregnancy was. We had gotten a Doppler to check his heartbeat at home. I was drinking so much water to try to get my water back um we fought to keep him here um even though as I said my water prematurely broke at 19 weeks um Noah was born at 23 weeks in one day 
And to be viable, he would have had to live until 24 weeks at least. And that is enough time for his lungs to develop and for him to actually be able to breathe. And so for him to die so close to 24 weeks, it really tore me and Mikey up. Not only that, but the physical healing process was really hard. I'd had a C-section before, um, but I had an emergency C-section with Noble and that was very rushed they put me to sleep it was very chaotic and as a reminder the anesthesiologist did not give me a lot of pain medicine after the c-section because she wanted me to be lucid enough to say goodbye to noble and while they did give me medicine after he passed um all that chaos made the physical healing extra hard and worsened withdrew um and i'm also sure the drinking and the weed wasn't helping me either uh, <laughs> And then my milk came in and y'all, I just lost my shit. I was not well. I was not well by any stretch of the imagination. So no, I didn't want to rock the boat anymore. Um, I didn't want to push it with my mom. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I deserve this. You're right. My mom is also right about me. I ain't shit and I ain't never going to be shit. And I'm going to sit right here and never do anything anymore because clearly I'm not equipped to take any more risk or do shit got it um (laughs) and as you can see I was deep 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 in self-pity and shame and the last thing I wanted to do was confront my mom plus I really believed that I was this unworthy ungrateful cursed hateful person and daughter because shit like this only happens to people like that you know in my in my very self-pity very grief (sighs) hurt brain and while I don't think that these are necessarily good reasons to be a coward these were my reasons and so shortly after Noble died we went back to immediately letting my mom keep Drew on the weekend she was keeping her like every other weekend which means I was as you can see again deep deep I was in deep 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 denial about how much was different between us now um but I didn't have it in me to lose another person even though every time me and Mike would like drive home we'd be like that was really weird this is really weird like it just it was just off and I'm I'm certain she felt the same way um but still I was calling her for advice I was calling her to cry about Noble I was visiting she'd offer money and I'd take it we took a trip to Denver for Christmas where I had that bad trip on that edible I talked about um that was episode 136 (laughs) was really bad um I was just in this constant state in this consistent state of self-abandonment and lying a whole ass liar here um but it eventually all came to a head like lies do (laughs) and like things that happen in the dark do uh once I told my therapist about the days leading up to Noble's death and I told her this six months later so again listen to my mothering myself episode for that um information and like that backstory um again that was episode I wrote it down oh that was episode 141 okay 141 so yeah, go back and listen to that. But eventually, but essentially it came up because my therapist was really questioning me about my healing process. I seemed to be hitting this wall of, I just seemed to be hitting this wall. And she was like, what is it? Like, I feel like there's something that you're not saying. And if you are saying it, we need, like, there, what is it? And then I eventually told her. So yeah, you can go listen to that episode for that. So fast forward. And my mom and I talked in person. One-on-one on May 1st, 2022 for the first time all year 
um again we had been like you know dropping drew off and things sometimes um that had stopped around i want to say march because she was moving um so that stopped but it only been like a month or so two months of, of not you know, like sticking to that program but it was still our first time one-on-one all year and it went badly like my brother ended up trying to intervene type badly and it wasn't his timing <laughs> it's not funny his timing was so I don't even know some of my family members thinks his timing was a saving grace and like in hindsight maybe it was but it was escalating things were escalating and um he had attempted to come in and she was like no don't come in and he was like no I'm coming in and he came in the first thing he did was check on me and that <laughs> it's not funny that's in her over um because she was just in the middle of saying how I was turning the siblings against her and I was arguing my point and Keon trying to save the day and essentially save me did not help bless his heart um but that that um that might be another episode maybe um but anyway I went home and I felt like somebody had unplugged me <laughs> I felt gray I felt ashen I wanted to burrow under my desk like I could just I could see myself I just wanted to crawl into a ball and die and I was completely drained and I told Mike I was like I mean, lots of suicide ideation. I was just like, I'm just not like this is I'd rather die than feel this pain. Um, And but after about three days, the feeling in my body came back and I realized people are not supposed to make you want to die. You aren't supposed to want to die after seeing somebody, not even your mama. And I decided to accept her wish to go no contact. Now, during our talk, when I like first walked in, um, you know, she had like complimented me on my dress and stuff. Um, But she said right off the bat. I don't think this is gonna go well. I'm gonna need like five years. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm gonna need like five years away from each other. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I didn't come here with a script. I really just came here to talk because I love you. And she was all right, we could do it, but I'm just saying right now. And while I was heartbroken, I was like, okay, you know, she was on to something. Maybe that was her highest self, you know, dropping in, you know, with some with some knowledge. So anyway. <laughs> It was pretty quiet until we were coming up on Noble's birthday and the one year anniversary of his death, which for a timeline was again, July, now July, 2022. And in that time frame, she made it known she'd heard the episode mothering myself um, and that she would sue and that she had all this evidence that we used to be so close and that I was using her in our story for money and ratings. And it was a lot because I recorded that episode back in April. We talked in May. I I have reason to believe that she had been heard this episode, but anyway, and it was now July and I was like, still, I was now like out of it. Like girl, breathe. <laughs> I was out of it. I was thick in grief um, for Noble's one year birthday and his anniversary, anniversary of his death. It was coming up. It was very close. I think she like sent these emails and texts around like the 19th. Like it was very close. And I was just like, I am ill-equipped. Um, and I could have just really used a mom, you know, <laughs> I really could have used like <sighs> some mothering. Um, and yeah, so fast forward again and it's 2023 and something recent has happened. Um, <sighs> and it really took me out emotionally. It was it was so bad. My cycle was late. Um, it was like two weeks late. And like I have very my kids, God bless them, have have blessed me with regular cycles. Um, 
like my cycles have always been kind of normal but when i had kids they were like on the money every 30 days every 29 days every 28 days like but this cycle was like 41 days and it was really late it was like two weeks late and the one day i'm on the phone with my sister um and she goes i can't wait until you no longer react to this stuff for mama <laughs> and i'm like girl what do you mean i'm doing the things we've been no contact for almost a year i'm drinking my water i'm minding my business like i'm good and she's like danielle you are absolutely not good okay your cycle was late you've been in bed unable to get up you've been binge watching videos about narcissism and narcissistic mothers narcissistic mothers and daughters and xyz and i'm not saying you can't feel your feelings or have emotions i get emotional too but like you really get stuck there and i was like <laughs> hmm. hmm maybe my sister's onto something and then i had an epiphany and that epiphany is i am afraid of my mom and there's a scene in this book called monday's not coming i highly recommend it it's, it's a really good book really heart-wrenching but it's really good um written by a black author and a police officer asked the protagonist if her friend ever seemed like she was afraid of her mom and the protagonist goes well are we all afraid of our moms <laughs> um and like that's how i was but my sister was like telling me that there's a difference between fear and terror right um and when it concerns my mom i've only ever had two responses freeze or fawn you know and after that moment when she told me she sued and take ownership of all our creations and all of this i froze and it really catapulted me back to being a kid i remember um <laughs> the first time she slapped me i was shocked as shit don't worry i'll be talking about that but like i was so shocked because it, it was such a in my opinion as a kid such a um such a major reaction to something very tiny i was i was trying to explain to her what my sister was saying we were at cvs um getting in the car and i was and she was like arguing with Bree, and i was trying to tell her that like i was trying to explain to her that my sister meant something else than what she said like i was trying to explain what was happening because i felt like there was a disconnect and she slept shit out of me and then when we got home she was like you better not journal about it either and like <laughs> that's what this felt like it felt like that it felt like being told not to journal it felt like being told not to document um and not to tell not to speak um now obviously we've been doing episodes and things since 2022 but i've had episodes i really wanted to publish and things i really wanted to talk about but i've been too afraid to do so um afraid because like you know as i've stated um and i mean this in the least self-deprecating way i'm saying this with so much love for myself but i have been a coward and because i was raised to never embarrass my parents and this goes back to like the you better not journal about this you know the problem with this is my parents even my dad like um, you know as he's evolved um <laughs> as y'all heard in his episode um big ran little ran um back in the day you know the problem of my parents had a tendency to interchange the word embarrass with the word truth and so i got in a lot of trouble sometimes for embarrassing them but that didn't always mean i was lying about whatever was embarrassing them you know and in my mom's rage she made it very clear that an episode that personally freed me a journal essentially a journaling a documentation in a lot of ways um which is what i do with the podcast um and that has really helped me heal a lot of shame and that actually really pivoted my healing process with my therapist and now she was like oh okay we have something we can work with now um doing that was embarrassing and therefore i am and was a danger to her 
And my mom becomes dangerous when she feels threatened. And my siblings and I literally used to call her war. Um, <laughs> like, that's this war. She is coming for whoever, no matter who it is. She does not discriminate. You can be friend or foe, eldest daughter or not. And I have never felt like a match ever, ever, which is why my ass was cowering. Okay. Um, like, we all, we will watch and hear her and my dad fight. And she was not a woman that got beat, okay? She just was not. You just would never. And she was fighting back. And we frequently hear my dad say, Peach, stop, stop, stop. You know, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, Sometimes he'd come back and he'd like check on us in our room. And he would be the one sweating. Do you hear me? He would be the one sweating and breathing hard. Like one thing about it is she going to fight. And to top it off, the police would end up coming and my dad would be the one who had to leave. Like officer, <laughs> they both need to go, you know, but like, and knowing all of this scared me. Um, and not only that, because like, I think, <sighs> I don't even know, like it's, I do know it scared me. And it's also like, <sighs> I have to get. I had to, I had to have to make peace with not being able to convince people. And when I get to like my resources, I'll talk more about that. But, and, and not being, I have to get used to, and I have to accept not being given permission to be. I'm never going to get permission in the way I want to be given permission to speak. Um, there are some mothers and parents who do. We're like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Um, but I do not have that mother. And so I was scared. I was like, I'm never going to get permission. I'm never going to be allowed to journal. I'm never going to be allowed <laughs> to tell the truth. Um, and it really scared me because I love our podcast and I love creating. And it is literally healing me to process my shit and connect with people while doing so. And I've made lifelong friends because of our show and because of our episodes. And I don't want to be the reason while we no longer have our creation or this space with each other. I'd like to talk to y'all about Magic Mind again. Now, y'all, you've heard me talk about Magic Mind before. Magic Mind is a little green shot drink. Um, it has ashwagandha, <laughs> ashwagandha, mushroom um, in it. It also has like matcha green tea. I... As Mikey told y'all last episode, I have a problem. Um, I really like it. Um, I usually paired with my coffee and I am on my second set of 15. I have like six more left. I'm about to put another order. This is not a game. And what I really like, not only just about the drink, because it works. Um, it works in terms of like giving me an extra boost of energy. It does make me feel like I'm centered and like I'm a little bit more clear because it has really good stuff in it. But also, y'all, if I'm sleepy, if I just need to sleep, it's not going to keep me wired like a lot of other energy things. I can go to sleep and sleep good and wake up and not feel as groggy. That's just been my experience. But what I also like about Magic Mind is also like the customer service and the packaging is really fun. And you you would see what I mean if you like get it like it's like you open it and it has like all these it's just it's cute <laughs> it's thoughtful and it is winning for me I can drink it hot or cold and I really enjoy it and I really think that y'all should try it too and if you try it you can go to www.magicmind.com/bmm and you can get 
uh, 50% off of subscription or 20% off like your first order and you just have to use code BMM20. Now listen, the 50% off discount will work for 10 days from the moment this episode airs. The 20% discount will last forever. So yeah, thank you Magic Mind. Again, very catapulted into like Randy, little baby Rand, you know, that kid mindset that makes you think you're the reason why your parents are divorced and you're the reason why your parents are fighting. You're the reason why your mom is miserable, like feeling like everything gets on you. And that is a space that I had been in. And like I, I was aware of it, but not aware of it. But the phone call with my sister made me realize I needed to spread this fear out. And it also made me realize I was still in my coward bag. And so I had a therapy session and after catching my therapist up, she goes, well, you know, just because someone says something loudly doesn't mean they're right. Right. And I was like, it don't. And then she was like, and you know, there can still be conflict and confrontation and you can still be safe. Right. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> and what's so funny is I am constantly getting confirmation over and over again because there is a card I pull often from a deck I've talked about before. And the card is from um, African Goddess Rising Oracle deck created by Abiola Abrams. And it reads Tatuba. She is the goddess of feeling safe. Barbados, Guyana, Salem. The temple is ancestors. The element is air. And it reads great ancestress Tatuba was an enslaved Caribbean woman who was the first accused in the 1692 Salem witch trials. She was most likely kidnapped from the Guyana region in South America and then sold through a Barbados plantation to Tuba's guidance. It is finally safe to be you. You have wandered through a dark night. Your trip has been long. There is light ahead. Your liberation is apparent. Tatuba's embodiment. You deserve to feel secure. Feeling safe is knowing that your basic needs are met. Feeling safe is feeling at home in your body. Feeling safe is trusting your journey. Feeling safe is feeling free around those you love. Feeling safe is trusting that the sun will rise again. If you grew up emotionally, spiritually, or physically unsafe, reset your default expectations to a healthier vibration. Goddess Declaration, I am safe. It is safe to be safe. <sighs> and I am safe, y'all. Um... I'm no longer a kid anymore. And the things that happen in my house don't have to stay in my house anymore. And it's my turn. Um, one of the things that me and my sister talk about is when we were at my dad, he talked, we talked about it on the episode we did together, Big Ran, Little Ran. But when him, when he, me, Lord, that's not right, grammatically, when my sister and I talked to him at his house for like two hours, so it, it was longer than that, but he talked for like two hours straight. Like this man just like, talked for two hours straight and he told us so many secrets <laughs> and he told us so many things about what we knew to be true about our childhood what we guessed what we didn't know about his childhood like it was a very profound conversation but I walked away from that conversation feeling lots of things as I said in that episode but I also was a little angry because <laughs> I was like these motherfuckers made us feel like we was crazy I have a cousin who was like I never saw your parents fight and I was like, what you say? It's <laughs> like, what do you mean you never saw them fight? Like, what? Um, and she was like, yeah, no, I just, I, 
I didn't know they ever did what like it just shocked me I was like y'all they made us seem like we was crazy um even my dad you would hear it in the episode he says the weed him smoking weed was a cover because it wasn't ever weed it was coke and everybody knew but us you know and us meaning me and my siblings and um I just I felt crazy I, I felt I was angry because like I said, I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble. I had to find lots of loopholes to, I had to find lots of loopholes to like make my life make sense. I had to do a lot of damage. I did a lot of damage in terms of coping mechanisms and survival to make my reality make sense when I would have been better off being told the truth, being able to say the truth. Um, and And I wasn't until I got older and my dad told us, you know, nothing that happened in y'all childhood was y'all fault <laughs> it was all me and i told my sister i was like these motherfuckers did the fuck they wanted they did what they wanted they parented us they did the best they could all that stuff but they essentially did exactly what they wanted to do as you have heard in my dad's episode when he was like you know i knew i couldn't stop doing drugs because of y'all i had to do it for me and i was not gonna stop no time soon like he he had a date and a year in mind and that was when we were grown grown you know and just realizing that like okay adults can make these decisions and so what happens in my house no longer has to stay in my house and it is my turn now and it is finally safe for me to be myself and if I'm safe that means I can finally create whatever I want so after talking to my sister and having my therapy session and doing the homework she gave me, which is like, you know, um, educating myself and empowering myself because fear and things um, are able to fester one when you keep it to yourself. That's like part of the thing, right? Like if you, part of it, part of why like adult children are like batshit crazy is because they've had to keep so many things to themselves. They've had to distort reality to make things make sense to not have psychological breaks um and sometimes we break still and sometimes we don't you know and so I decided that for the first time in my life I would create what I want to create because for so long I have created in an effort to get my parents attention both of them to get my dad's attention to get my mom's attention I've created for them even if they ended up hating it, you know, <laughs> my attention has always been been to be seen and understood by them. Um, you know, like I, I've had lots of like magical thinking about what it would be like once they, you know, you know, like uh, how, how, how it happens in those movies and these parents have these, those Disney movies, right? The parents have like these aha moments. They realize they turn to their parents and they're like, oh my God. And, you know, <laughs> that is not real life. And and I'm seeing that now uh, because, as I said, my attention has always been to be seen and understood by them. And that has always been hit or miss. And now I just want to be me. I want to see what I can make. As Isabella said in a conto, OK, what else can I do? I just I want to create. Um, and I've never created from a space of love like that, because creating for other people, even our parents um, and our children, like creating like with the with the sole intention of that is manipulation. You know, it's not it's not entirely pure and even with like the best intentions. And I want to create 
from love. The same way me and Mikey created this podcast, it was from pure love. It was from, I want to stay with you, even though I am experiencing this deep grief. I Googled and they said, working on a project with your spouse <laughs> will help, you know. Um, and so let's try. And that's where I am with myself. Let's try. So if I'm going to get in trouble for journaling and for telling the truth and for remembering, and if I'm going to be sued and if I'm going to be unsafe and lose it all anyway, let it be for a reason that is real. Let it be for all of it. And why is this important now? Right now. Well, mainly because I am tired of being afraid. <laughs> being Living in a constant state of fear is, um, it's not... It's not healthy, you know, um, it really does wear and tear on your body. And I want peace and I want peace in my body and nervous system. And because my healing is my responsibility, because I don't want Drew to be in her 30s doing this. You know, I don't want her to be playing back all the times in her head that she was truly herself around me and expected to be loved. But instead was met with violence because I want to trust myself and I want to forgive myself. Because Luteran means the world to me. Because I love my family, despite what anybody may think. I love my family, and this is familial ancestral work. And because I'm ready. <sighs> Finally, y'all, I will leave you with this. The pain of motherhood. We all have sensed the pain that our mothers carry. All of us are suspicious to some degree that we are partly to blame for her pain. Therein lies the guilt. This makes sense when considering the limited cognitive development of a child, which sees itself as the cause of all things. If we don't address this unconscious belief as an adult, we may still be walking around with it and greatly limiting ourselves as a result. The truth is that no child can save her mother. No sacrifice a daughter makes will ever be enough to compensate for the high price her mother may have had to pay or for the losses she has accrued over the years simply by being a woman and mother in this culture. Yet many women do this for their mothers in childhood. They unconsciously make a decision to not abandon or betray their mothers by becoming too successful, too smart, or too adventurous. This decision is made out of love, loyalty, and a true need for approval and emotional support from the mother. Many of us confuse being loyal to our mothers with being loyal to their wounds, and thus become complicit in our own oppression. These dynamics are very unconscious, and they operate on a continuum. Even the most healthy, supportive mother-daughter relationships may have this dynamic to some degree by virtue of simply being a woman in this society. For daughters who have mothers with serious issues, addictions, mental illnesses, etc., the impact can be very damaging and insidious. The truth is that no child can save her mother. Being a mother in our society is unspeakably difficult. I've heard many women say no one ever tells you how hard it is and nothing prepares you for when you get home with a baby and realize what is being asked of you. Our culture, especially in the U.S., is very hard on mothers, offering little support and many women are raising children alone. The cost of not healing the mother wound. The cost of not healing the mother wound is living your life indefinitely with a vague, persistent sense that there is something wrong with me. 
never actualizing your potential out of fear of failure or disapproval, having weak boundaries and an unclear sense of who you are, not feeling worthy or capable of creating what you truly desire, not feeling safe enough to take up space and voice your truth, arranging your life around not rocking the boat, self-sabotage when you get close to a breakthrough, unconsciously waiting for mother's permission or approval before claiming your own life. The benefits of healing the mother wound. Fluency and skill in handling your emotions and seeing them as a source of wisdom and information. Having healthy boundaries that support the actualization of your highest and best self. Developing a solid inner mother that provides unconditional love, support, and comfort to your younger parts. Knowing yourself as competent. Feeling that anything is possible and being open to miracles and good things. Being in constant contact with your inner goodness and your ability to bring it into everything you do. Deep compassion for yourself and other people. Not taking yourself too seriously. No longer needing external validation to feel okay. Not needing to prove yourself to others. Trusting life to bring you what you need. Feeling safe in your own skin and a freedom to be yourself. And so much more. As we engage in this healing process, we slowly remove the thick fog of projection that keeps us stuck and can more clearly see, appreciate, and love ourselves. We no longer carry the burden of our mother's pain and keep ourselves small as a result. We can confidently emerge into our own lives with the vitality to create what we desire, without shame or guilt, but with passion, power, joy, confidence, and love. For every human being, the very first wound of the heart was at the side of the mother, the feminine. Through the process of healing that wound, our hearts graduate from a compromised state of defensiveness and fear to a whole new level of love and power, which connects us to the divine heart of life itself. We are from then on connected to the archetypal collective heart that lives in all beings. We are carriers and transmitters of the true compassion and love that the world needs right now. In this way, the mother wound is actually an opportunity and an initiation into the divine feminine. This is why it's so crucial for women to heal the mother wound. Your personal healing and reconnection to the heart of life by way of the feminine affects the whole and supports our collective evolution. This was just um, a few pages from Bethany Webster's What is the Mother Wound article. Um, Bethany Webster is an author and coach and is considered a leading expert on the mother wound. I've talked about her a few times. Um, I highly recommend her book, Discovering the Inner Mother, which I'll talk more about in part two. Um, I really enjoy her work and I'll be sure to link all the things in the show notes. Closing calls to action. Oh, y'all, <laughs> we made it. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know at blackmailmare at gmo.com. We always look forward to your feedback and your comments, ratings, reviews, all the things. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast is hosted and co-produced by Mikey and Randy Chapman. This episode of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast was edited by Randy Chapman at Ready Productions, a podcast management company. We are now still available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite streaming services. Rate us five stars and review us. We love hearing from y'all. To hang out with us and support our work as independent creators, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash black millennial marriage. There you'll get access to our Discord channel, unedited, edited, and ad-free episodes, Zoom meetings with us, and more. Remember, you can join for free for seven days to try us out. And be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. <laughs> Follow me on social media at 
Randy is rich. I believe that's my that's my IG now. Um, Randy Productions on IG if you're interested in podcasts, you know, news and work that I'm doing. And of course, Black Millennial Marriage on Instagram. Thank you again for listening, y'all. Be blessed. Don't settle. Fight clean. Peace. About time that I get back. Yo, I'm gonna get back.